One skydiver took the falling sickness a little too far. I'm Torin Atkinson. How do you make a Dostoevsky? Take a white Russian and shake ecstatically. I'm Kevin Leeson. I'm admitting it live on air. I'm anti-vaccine missile. I'm Dr. Rob Tarswell. Epilepsy can rob you of more than your dignity. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. The word epilepsy was coined in the 1570s for Middle French, epilepsy. Middle French. Mm-hmm. Yes, middle, as opposed to old or new, mm-hmm. uh, which comes from Greek epilepsis, which actually was used to describe epilepsy, but also meant to seize, possess, or afflict. So it's actually, they think oh. that something is seizing you it's grabbing and you. making it's getting you. Getting a hold of you. So I and that's totally... where you shake. That's why it shakes that you is... like, a, like a Polaroid picture that's in right. the mortal words of a great philosopher. I yes. can epilepse my cat and throw him out on the balcony. Oh, seize him, yeah. yeah. I In Greek, yeah. In English, epilepsy actually means this, oh, uh, this disease. Oh, I'm just going to go to Greece with my uh, The native name in English was actually the falling sickness. Oh. Which uh, is a little on the nose. Aren't uh, most of sicknesses falling sicknesses if you wait long enough? Well, life is a falling sickness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hylophobia is the morbid fear of epilepsy. Mm, hylophobia yeah. from hylum. Hylophobia, which is the, the falling part. You go, go from, from high, high to, to low. low. Oh, yeah, I thought it was the fear of complicated poker games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Rob, <laughs> Rob smiled at that one. Yeah. Uh, hylophobia is also, I don't exactly know what this means, the morbid fear of materialism uh, when used in philosophy. You um, took philosophy. As in non-dualism? I, I did, or as but in I, we, never discussed, we never discussed the morbid fear of, of uh, materialism? philosophical <laughs> materialism. Oh, there you go. Epilepsy is a group of neurological diseases characterized by epileptic seizures, episodes that can vary from brief and nearly undetectable to long periods of vigorous shaking. Mm-hmm. In epilepsy, seizures tend to recur and have no immediate underlying cause. Seizures from specific causes are not considered epilepsy, so most of these seizures uh, have been uh, or will be covered in their specific episodes. Right. For uh, example? For example, tumors can cause episodes, oh, uh, can cause right. a, an epileptic fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have a few notes in here that are caused by something tumor-like, but... Uh, we're talking about epilepsy and the seizures that are similar to it. So, it, as a condition, they as might like not a actually standalone condition. Yeah, they they. I might have a few non-epileptic seizure stories, but right. in general, this is an epilepsy episode. All right. The cause of most an epilepsode. An ep- an, and this is the epilepsode. Mm-hmm. The cause of most cases of epilepsy is unknown, although some people develop epilepsy as a result of brain injury, stroke, brain tumor, and substance use disorders. Mm. So, something to do with the brain. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because uh, what it is, is it's a misfiring of the neurons in your brain, the cortical. uh, Genetic mutations are linked to a small proportion of the disease. Epileptic seizures are the result of excessive and abnormal cortical nerve cell activity in the brain. All right. I got a cure for epilepsy. I got it. I got it solved. Yeah. Remove the brain. Okay. Boom. Done. You just need to remove the cortical nerve center. What would happen if we did that? Well, that'd sort of be the cure for... Everything, including hylophobia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've done our brain episode, and in it, a big thing was like how damned complicated brains are. Mm. So even because of all those twists and turns. Yeah, billions right. exactly. and billions of so cells. So even epilepsy itself uh, is not all that well understood. Really, the only yeah. good descriptions I could come up with of what's going on is just that it's like a computer that all of a sudden gets stuck in high CPU cycles and just skips over and over again until you it hear finally that fan. The reboots. fan just never stops going, Whoo! Worrying at a high rate of speed. And yeah. spontaneously spraying out text from Dostoevsky novels. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, fitting, because Dostoevsky actually had epilepsy. 
Oh. It's almost as though that <gasps> was a setup. I yeah. feel like a, an epileptic procedure would I try and pronounce Dostoevsky. <laughs> okay, I got a pop quiz here. All right. To get out some of this data. Pop that uh, quiz. Quick uh, numbers questions to start off. How many people worldwide have epilepsy? You can give me a number or a percentage. because How many people easy. are there in the world? Seven There's billion? About six and a half billion people. Oh, only six and a half? I thought it was mm-hmm. seven. I thought we crossed That's about seven, seven maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say about. seven billion. You think every person on everyone, the planet... Like racism. Everyone's a little bit racist. Oh, okay. so everyone's a little bit epileptic. epileptic. Okay, I like that. Okay. You must be terrified. Uh, and everyone's every a little bit bi. Oh, you must be terrified that, every time you true? get into a car or into an airplane. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you feel an epileptic seizure coming on from yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. That's your hylophobia right there. Anybody Everything. else have any guesses? Uh, I'm going to go, well, I, I knew a kid in elementary school who had epilepsy, mm-hmm. right? How many elementary schools are in the world? There's like one epileptic kid per school, right? Okay. So. What about the closet epileptics? Closet epileptic. Yeah. I don't know if there is a closet epileptic. Sure. I think you just can. They go into the closet and well, seize. <laughs> you, you don't have to seize a lot, right? Uh, you can have a couple seizures, seizures a year. Some mm-hmm. people might have them mostly at night. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't know. Uh, I'm Say so, two. Say two. I'm going to go on average one. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. A, you know, there might be some place that doesn't have one. So uh, that's got to be what, like uh, a million. All right. Dr. Rob, any I, guesses? Yeah. I'm not sure of this, but I think global incidence might or prevalence might be between 1% and 2%. So that would be somewhere around 100 million epileptics. Yeah. Super good. I vote super for good Rob. Guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's about 65 million or about 1% of the population actually mm-hmm. has epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, now, but what percentage of epilepsy cases are in the developing world? Oh, well, if you use my theory, right, they don't have a lot of schools there, so right. less epileptics, hmm. right? In the so, developing world. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. Is a, that is a hypothesis. Well, yeah. as we all know, epilepsy is caused from aspartame, so, <laughs> and they don't, but Coke is pretty worldwide. No, no, it's called, <laughs> it, it's caused by epileptopartame. Epileptartame? Yeah. Ep- <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you would think they would ban epila- that. So I'm going to say not as much. I'm going to say 40%. Okay. Dr. Rob? Hmm. I'm trying to imagine if there would be any reason in particular why there would be a greater burden of epilepsy between the developed and the developing world. I mean, we've got all the uh, cancer, heart disease, and strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kill people off before they can get epileptic. No, we live long enough to kind of uh, mm. get, get heart arteries. Got it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to suspect that it might be slightly higher re- related to things like malnutrition, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be hugely higher. So I'm going to say maybe 2 to 3%. Epilepsy. In fact, it's 80%. Well, I was half right. Oh, sorry, 80% of cases? 80% of cases, epilepsy oh. cases are in the developing world. Oh, I misunderstood world. the question because, oh. I mean, 80% of people are in the developing world. Sure. Oh, so okay. it's still a 1% global burden of disease. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting side note, in the developed world, onset of new cases occurs most frequently in infants and the elderly, while in the developing world, this is in older children and young adults. This is due to differences in the frequency of the underlying causes. So much like what you're talking about, where, Mm. you know, we tend to get rid of the causes that would cause it in older children and young adults, which is probably, you know, traumatic brain uh, injury and uh, because like 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 Sparta, we take those epileptic babies and put them in urns and leave them out in the field in the developing world. Yeah, we kill them other ways. They don't get urns. We don't give them urns. They don't get to live long enough to have an epileptic attack. They didn't earn an urn. We don't give Mm -hmm. them urns at my hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Torin, you mentioned, you thought uh, earlier that maybe everybody had epilepsy. A certain percentage of people will have an unprovoked seizure by the age of 80. What do you think that percentage is? 100%. 100%. All right, Kevin. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, 1%. Oh, yeah. Dr. Mm-hmm. Rob. 
Hmm. And this doesn't mean have epilepsy, just a seizure right, right, in your life. Right, right, right. Uh, hmm. Now, an unprovoked seizure. Unprovoked means well, okay. So you, you didn't get you hit. Didn't induce it yourself. Right. Yeah, you didn't get hit in the head. You didn't take a drug that would cause it. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Just you just have a seizure. Prevalence equals incidence times duration. So Ooh. people have seizures uh, when they're pro. So the incidence is going to be. I don't know what a voke is though. It's just the percentage of people who've had at least one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be higher than one. Um, I'm going to go 5, maybe 10. 100 is higher than 1. You nailed it. It's actually 5 to 10%. All right. So there you go. (laughs) Seizures can be convulsive or non-convulsive. What percentage of seizures are convulsive? Ooh. What happens in a non-convulsive seizure? How do you even know that you had one? You I'm see having stars. one right now. You, you see stars or something. You tend to, well, uh, I'm going to go through the different types. You but hear in Moby. A, in a non-convulsive yeah. seizure, basically, you can blank out, <clears throat> completely lose awareness. Uh, sometimes you can have seizures where you maintain your awareness as well. It just, convulsive means your body convulses. Well, you can I have, have seizures. seizure every night at about one in the morning until <laughs> eight or nine. <laughs> You convulse while you sleep? I, who knows? A little oh. bit. Actually, oh. sometimes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, because you get like that twitchy, the leg, off the end. twitchy leg syndrome yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, in fact, 60% of seizures are convulsive. Oh, okay. It's almost half. It's almost kind of split down the middle. Of these, one-third begin as generalized seizures. A generalized seizure is a seizure which affects both hemispheres of the brain. And it's been ordered by a four-star general. That's Have right. Have a seizure! <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Two thirds begin as partial seizures, which means they affect only one hemisphere of the brain, but those can then progress to a generalized seizure. So you can start on one side and it can go to the other. The six main types of generalized seizures are there are atonic or tonic. Uh, tonic means it has muscle stiffness and rigidity, whereas atonic is the opposite loss of muscle oh, tone. So you, you, like just become, you just become limp. And when you have well, tonic, is, tonic plank, is planking or, or just convulsing and. Right. And yeah. one you have with gin and one you don't. Mm-hmm. And then there are clonic and myoclonic. <clears throat> clonic being repetitive jerking movements and myoclonic oh. being sporadic jerking movements. We talked about myoclonic in the sleep disorders episode. I'm pretty sure myoclonic jerks, yeah. I have regular and sporadic jerking moments, you know, throughout the week. <laughs> there are also absence seizures. Uh, absence you seizures. Have one when you're not there. <laughs> At, well, kind of. Absence seizures can be subtle with only a slight turn of the head or eye blinking. The person often does not fall over and may return to normal right after the seizure ends. Oh, is that when I get my eye twitch, a little eye twitch? I'm having a little mini seizure? I don't think so, no. Dr. Rob. No, no. Yeah. but in fancy doctor talk, we call them absence seizures. Ooh. Mm. Oh. Absence. Oh. Oh. And then the final type of generalized seizure is the tonic-clonic, which is both... <laughs> Muscle stiffness and rigidity with repetitive jerking movements. This is also called the grand mal seizure. Oh, uh, I prefer tonic clonic. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Not colonic. <laughs> yeah, tonic colonic is something else entirely. <laughs> I might have a seizure if somebody gave me a colonic tonic. Partial seizures may be simple or complex. What's the difference? Uh, well, a complex seizure uh, is, you know, when you have uh, more than one unit uh, facing the street. All at the same time. Mm. You're in a complex. It's like uh, 90210. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Sorry. Uh, Melrose Place. Okay. Melrose Place. A... I had a complex seizure every time I watched an episode of Melrose Place. You had a seizure in a townhouse. Yeah. yeah. Multifamily yeah, dwelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Torn. You know, there's a, a singleplex, a duplex, a triplex, and a complex. Yeah. Any idea, Torn? 
Uh, wait, what's even a partial seizure? Partial seizure is when only one hemisphere of your brain is affected. Oh, and it can be simple or it can be complex. Yes. Um, what well, it's like dancing. Okay. You just kind of shimmy a little bit or you do the full like break dancing spinning around on the floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Well, simple seizures actually have involve retained awareness. Retained awareness. Yep. Okay. Complex seizures involve loss of awareness. Exactly. Oh. Yep. So one, you remember your seizure, the other you don't. Exactly. Yeah. You'll wake up going, what happened? Right. There are three types of simple seizures. There's the simple motor, which is jerking, muscle rigidity, spasms, and head turning. Yep. Uh, so you can have that and be aware that you're seizing. Right. Uh, simple sensory, which are unusual sensations affecting either the vision, hearing, smell, taste, or touch. Oh, you yeah, see stars. Yeah. Or, and hear Moby. Or simple psychological, memory or emotional disturbances. Ooh. And, memory or emotional disturbances. Yeah. Deja vu is a common phenomenon. Oh. That's a seizure? Hmm. I have deja vu all the time. I had it yesterday. I had it a couple of days ago. Mm. Yeah. I had deja vu all over again. Mm. What is the postictal state? Postictal. Yes. Well, what's my ictal? <laughs> I need to know what my ictal is before to... I can have a postictal. I, I well, what, what's no it? Hints. There's an ichthyosaur. Maybe it's something to do with oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. post-ichthyosaurus. Uh-huh. Ictal. Ictal. Mm. Oh, it's, 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 it sounds a little too close to rectal for my liking. Mm. Mm. Uh, what is taint. after rectal? Yeah, it's the taint. What it's is the, the taint. Okay. Kevin oh, the, says so the, the, taint. the post-ictal state mm-hmm. is actually, it is your rectal. Alabama? Because that's, you know, <laughs> posterior to your ictal. I think, I feel icky if I, uh, you know, if I haven't taken a shower for a long time. Got it. So the that's my ictal state. Right, got it. And then post-ictal is after you have a shower. Okay. Well, <laughs> the post-ictal state is the state after a seizure. Oh, Because okay. the ictal state is seizure, seizure or ictor. Oh, right. Ictor? Ictal. Icteric but, or Icterus. Icterus. Yep. The post-ictal state flew is- too close to the sun. Icterus. <laughs> no, that's why he had a seizure. He had a seizure yeah. and fell down. Well, that's what that was the, the- No one could see him, right? Because he was flying into the sun. Actually, he had a seizure and fell. Yes, precisely. Mm-hmm. Well, the sun didn't melt his wax. Wings. Bullshit. Yeah. I have an Icterus type story As if the sun for later melts wax. Oh, in nice. the news. Like and it. it has video. Woohoo! Ooh, just you wait. It's going to freak you out. I love freaking freaked out. The post-ictal state is the altered state of consciousness after, after an epileptic seizure. It usually lasts between 5 and 30 minutes, but sometimes longer in the case of larger or more severe seizures. Mm-hmm. The post-ictal state is characterized by drowsiness, confusion, nausea, hypertension, headache or migraine, mm. and other disorienting symptoms. Uh, additionally, emergence from this period is often accompanied by amnesia or other memory defects. Mm. It is during this period that the brain recovers from the trauma of the seizure. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Up to up to 30 minutes. Okay. So you can, yeah, you'll have a seizure, which they tend to last up to about two minutes typically. There are, of course, longer, but generally no more than two minutes. But even after that two minutes of, oh, I'm freaking out, you can still have a long recovery time before you're able to just right. get just up and kind of move around and do and, things. And yeah. not really uh, yeah. know where you are or what's going on. What is reflex epilepsy? Uh, it's the kind of epilepsy you get when you listen to too much Duran Duran. Tarn? The reflex epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, the reflex. It's like yawning. You see someone yawn, and you yawn. You see someone have oh. an epileptic seizure, and you yeah, have an epileptic seizure. Oh, man, oh. I really love that. It's not right, but I do love that. <laughs> About 6% of those with epilepsy have reflex epilepsy, which is seizures that are only triggered by specific stimuli. Common triggers include flashing lights mm. and sudden noises. So the tip, the thing that you think of when you know flashing lights and somebody has a seizure. Yeah, so it's that's the, reflex epilepsy. The epilepsy version of the doctor hitting you on the knee with that, like, uh, you know... 
giant knocker, yeah. spiked hammer. Seizure yeah. robots epilepsy. Or the, the Japanese seizure, giant Japanese seizure robots, yeah. Got it. What does the acronym SUDEP, S-U-D-E-P, stand for? This will be fun. <clears throat> stand, stand under the eaves trough, please. Okay. And that's, that's related to epilepsy because... Uh, that way you won't, when you have a seizure, you won't get it rained on. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Torn? Torn? It stands for sudden, undefined, post-epileptic pooping. Okay. Except there's a D in there. Supep? Um, oh, dosed. Sudden, undefined, dosed, pep- epileptic uh, pooping. pooping. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes when I write down P's, they look like D's and <laughs> Got vice it. versa. Uh-huh. Uh, SUDEP stands for Sudden Unexpected Death in Epilepsy. Oh, that's oh. worse than pooping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I, why, why, it should be sued, actually. Where's the, they threw the P in there. The for, EP. Yeah, exactly. S-U-D-EP. Yeah. Uh, the, the P should be lowercase, for sure. Sudden Unexpected. It is a... Is there, wait, is there a, a setup? A sudden expected death in epilepsy? Well, the sudden expected death... <laughs> you ten, fall out a window yeah, while you're having a seizure. You, you yeah. seize and fall out a window. That uh-huh. would be expected. Oh, yeah. And then there's then there's poop-ep, which is prolonged unexpected death in epilepsy. Not the sudden one. Right, sudden unexpected yeah. survival, if you say mm. you hit the ground after falling out the window and live. Oh, yeah. Susep. SUDEP is a fatal complication of epilepsy defined mm-hmm. as the sudden and unexpected non-traumatic and non-drowning death oh. of a person with epilepsy without a toxicological or anatomical cause of death detected during the post-mortem examination. What that basically means is you died because of the seizure. Like right. you just had the seizure and it, it killed you for some reason. Never right. thought of that. If you're like like a swimmer and you have epilepsy, you can just die. Yeah. Uh, call there. back to our Joseph Engler episode when he had a stroke and died while swimming. Oh, yeah. Those with epilepsy have a 1.6 to 4.1 fold greater risk of death than the general population. Risk factors include the underlying cause of the seizures, status epilepticus, which is seizures lasting longer than five minutes, suicide, trauma, and of course, SUDEP. Right. What is a Jacksonian march? And I know <laughs> that you have mentioned this in a previous episode. The well, march. the Andrew Jacksonian march was a terrible crime against Native Americans. Isn't that just a moonwalk? Oh. <laughs> but you do it for a really long time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so an epileptic seizure forces you to moonwalk? It's a moonwalk, but with Sousa music. A Jacksonian march? A Jacksonian march, also called a Jacksonian seizure, is a type of simple partial seizure. It only occurs on one side of the body, and it progresses in a predictable pattern from twitching or a tingling sensation or weakness in a finger, a big toe, or corner of the mouth, basically a a part far away from your brain, Uh then marches over a few seconds to the entire hand, foot, or facial muscles towards one side of your face. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Symptoms often associated with a Jacksonian seizure are sudden head and eye movements, tingling, numbness, smacking of lips, and sudden muscle contractions. So could I get one in like my little my furthest my baby toe yeah and then it transfers all the and way it just to starts my ring. to starts to move up um i don't know if they always make it all the way up to your face oh. uh i i tried to find if that happened um I'm not but, sure. it, it, but it it makes its way in that, that way. direction yeah sure does well what percentage of our listeners have epilepsy did we determine one percent send us an email there you go yeah, there you go that's thousands of people Focal seizures are often preceded by certain experiences known as an aura. These may include sensory, visual, psychic, autonomic, olfactory, or motor phenomena. Mm-hmm. I get aura with my migraines. Is it anything like that? 
Well, Jacksonian March is actually a, a, a migranosaur. Oh, okay. And seizure auras can be very similar to migranosaurus. Migranosaurus. To some degree, they're both neurovascular phenomena. Uh, right. Oh, my God. My Grannosaurus has to be drawn. Okay. The giant. The this giant Tyrannosaurus just like, you know, with dinosaur. squinty eyes and yeah. just like holding it's his head. Like, it's like. Trying uh, to hold his head with his little arms. Yeah. He's right? like, oh, God, I'm going to go extinct any second now. I, I feel like I got like the, the, the giant brain, like the Telosians in Star Trek and yeah. the veins all over it. Now. He's like, like Godzilla. Oh. He's but as soon as he rears up to attack Tokyo, he gets a headache. And oh, he just goes to bed. And he keeps yeah. trying to grasp his head in pain, but his little arms can't reach. So the citizens actually have great pity from <laughs> right. mm-hmm. my Yeah, they're like, oh, poor my It's the least scary kaiju. The <laughs> citizens are asked to turn off the lights for my <laughs> yes. Draw the blinds. That's right. That's why he's so angry. Your city is so bright. <laughs> seizures are controllable with medication in about 70% of cases. In those whose seizures do not respond to medication, then surgery, neurostimulation, or dietary changes may be considered. Not all cases of epilepsy are lifelong, and some people improve to the point that medication is no longer needed. Hmm. What, what kind of dietary change can you make that like helps with your epilepsy? The ketogenic diet, actually. Mm-hmm. Ketogenic? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Tell me the, more. That's uh, it's basically... the one that you unlock the secret to mm-hmm. curing your diabetes. The key to genic. Mm-hmm. It's basically Atkins. It's uh, high fat, low carb. Okay. That helps with epilepsy. Yeah. Hmm. It, it really does seem to. I, I saw a few notes. Yeah. And, well, you can eat a lot of fat and get fat. That's the thing about that. Like, yeah, it's possible to get I fat. I it helps. helps. You heard it here first, folks. You can eat a lot of fat and still and get, get fat. fat. <laughs> yeah. Genetics is believed to- All these medical terms are confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Genetics is believed to be involved in the majority of cases. Only 1% to 2% of epilepsies are due to a single gene defect, mm. while the rest are due to the interaction of multiple genes and environmental factors. Mm. This makes it super difficult to just figure out who's going to So just have it get out not. of the environment. That's right. I tell you, take your brain out. Could be. Boom. Yeah. Problem solved. Public service announcement. This is general first aid for all seizure types. This is a, is a little long, but stick with us. Because maybe you could save someone's life. All right. Agree yeah. or disagree? Dr. Rob. Possibly, Can you yeah. save well, people's lives? Make it better. <laughs> maybe not uh, saving. So, hmm. Sure. At a campsite or near a pool? Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. The first line of response when a person has a seizure is to provide general care. Mm-hmm. Uh, care take care of that person. And comfort and keep the person safe. The information here relates to all types of seizures. Mm-hmm. Even the cyclonic, moronic, colonic... <laughs> Tonic-clonic? Tonic-clonic. Always stay with the person until the seizure is over. Seizures can be unpredictable, and it's hard to tell how long they may last or what will occur during Mm -hmm. them. Injury can occur during or after a seizure, requiring help from other people. Okay. Pay attention to the length of the seizure. Look at your watch or your cell phone and time the seizure from beginning to the end of the active seizure. Okay. Time how long it takes for the person to recover and return to their usual activity. If the active seizure lasts longer than the person's typical events, which you'll have to get the information of, uh, call for help. What if the thing that they were doing before the seizure, they don't like doing? And so when they come out of the seizure, they're like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. That's right. I had, like, a, I, had, I had a seizure. I'm going home. Yeah, I'm going home. Then you can't compare and contrast, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. we've, already, we've already poked holes in this whole thing. Stay calm. Stay calm. <laughs> Most seizures only last for a few minutes. By yelling, stay calm. That's yeah. the way to keep people calm. Running around in small circles. Yeah. 
A person's response to seizures can affect how other people act. If the first person remains calm, it will help others stay calm too. Oh, mm-hmm. just like yawning. Yeah, a little mob <laughs> mentality. If somebody sees this and go, oh, okay, cool, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll all be calm then. Talk calmly and reassuringly to the person during and after the seizure. It will help mm-hmm. as they recover from the seizure. Got it. Calm and reassuring. Prevent injury by moving nearby objects out of the way. Remove sharp objects. That's a good idea. That's yeah. just a good idea, like, you yeah. know, without a seizure. Get them out of that room with the bed made of nails. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If someone with seizures is running with scissors, stop them. Yeah. Oh, Take yeah. the scissors away. Precisely. Yeah. Don't have a seizure right next to a butcher's block full of knives. If you can't move surrounding objects or a person is wandering or confused, help steer them clear of dangerous situations. For example, away from traffic. Mm-hmm. Cliffs. Train or subway platforms. Giant bonfires. Sharp objects. Mm-hmm. Crowd surfing. Yeah, take them out of the mosh pit. Unless that mosh pit is crowd surfing them straight towards a first aid tent. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Make the person as comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. Help them sit down in a safe place. If they are at risk of falling, call for help and lay them down on the floor. Support the person's head to prevent it from hitting the floor. Always good advice. Yep. Keep onlookers away. This is where you get to shout calmly at people. Right. Once the situation is under control, encourage people to step back and give the person some room. Waking up to a crowd can be embarrassing and confusing for a person after a seizure. Right. Uh-huh. Ask someone to stay nearby in case further help is needed. So, like, everyone get away, except for you. Hang on. Hang on. Right. I, I might need you to do something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm confused about a seizure being embarrassing. Are people embarrassed by seizures? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine? Okay. Like, you're on the bus. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you wake up and everybody's looking at you. You're on the ground. And you don't know what happened. And you're kind of confused. I know you would like the attention, Kevin. Yeah, that's true. People. I do like eyes being on me at all times. And probably a bunch of them are on their cell phone trying to call 911, yeah. which is not what you should do. That's what this public service announcement is about, because then you're going to have to go to the hospital because they're not going to let you go away, and your whole day is ruined, right? It's uh-huh. embarrassing. Uh, it's terrible, even though it's only going to last a few minutes, probably. Okay. Yeah. Do not forcibly hold the person down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen people forcibly hold people down in these yeah. situations before. Trying to stop movements or forcibly hold a person down doesn't stop a seizure. Restraining a person can lead to injuries and make the person more confused, agitated, or aggressive. Mm-hmm. People don't fight on purpose during a seizure. Yet, if they are restrained when they are confused, they may respond aggressively. Mm-hmm. Got it. If a person tries to walk around, let them walk in a safe and closed area if possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know. Stand back, make sure that they're safe, and right. kind of let them seize. So corral them. Like It's like herding babies or kittens, right? I, I've know? never herded babies pretty or kittens. pretty easy to herd babies, I think. Mm-hmm. You just, just pile like, them on top uh, of each uh, other. Uh, uh, no, you just keep them away from sharp, sharp corners and, right. and sticking forks into sockets. Do not put anything in the person's mouth. Not even durian. Jaw and you may be tempted, but don't do it. Jaw and face muscles may tighten during a seizure, causing the person to bite down. If this happens when something is in the mouth, the person may break or and swallow the object or break their teeth. Uh huh. Don't worry, a person can't swallow their tongue during a seizure. You can't swallow your tongue. Period. Ever. Yeah. What if you bite it off first? Well, sure. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's akin to swallowing steak at that point, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Make sure their breathing is okay. If the person is lying down, turn them on their side with their mouth pointing to the ground. Got it. In case they'll probably, for, like, for asphyxiation purposes? Yeah, so saliva doesn't uh, block their airway. Okay. So pointing, that means just means turn their head towards the ground? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You can't really point someone's mouth at anything. No, just without. like, so they're, they're pointed down instead right. of up. Instead of up, yeah. This prevents saliva from blocking their airway and helps the person breathe more easily. During a convulsive or tonic-clonic seizure, it may look like the person has stopped breathing. 
This happens when the chest muscles tighten during the tonic phase of the seizure. As this part of the seizure ends, the muscles will relax and breathing will resume normal. Mm -hmm. And so how long can you go without breath for? Like 40 seconds, 50 seconds. Uh, More than that if you're good. If you're like Mm -hmm. a good swimmer or whatever, you could do Mm -hmm. a couple minutes. And we're talking about, yeah, like really it's how how long until brain damage, right? Like six Six minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And Quite a while. Seizures only last two minutes. A, cu- a couple at, minutes, at, yeah. At top. Okay. So you're good. Rescue breathing or CPR is generally not needed during these seizure-induced changes in a person's breathing. Well, mm-hmm. especially if you're like doing trying to do the CPR thing, and then they seize and bite off your lips or something. That's not going to do anybody any good. And they're swallowing your. Tongue. And then they can choke on your lips. <laughs> or you just break all their ribs because CPR breaks ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Do not give water, pills, or food by mouth. Do not give water, pills, or food by mouth the way that you normally give water to people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless the person is fully alert. I mean, right. I, I guess you could give them water by butt. I guess. Yeah. That's true. And, and pills. The tonic colonic. That's true. Yeah, the there you go. Clonic. There yeah. you go. <laughs> you, you heard somebody yell out, he's having a tonic clonic, and you, go, you misunderstood horribly. <laughs> if a person is not fully awake or aware of what is going on, they might not swallow correctly. Food, liquid, or pills could go into the lungs instead of the stomach, where do they, are, they do not belong. No. 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 If a person appears to be choking, turn them on their side and call for help. If they are not able to cough or clear their air passages on their own or are having breathing difficulties, call 911 immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Call for emergency medical help if a seizure lasts five minutes or longer. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. That's this, a long seizure. And this is important. Like, don't if it's not longer than five minutes, right? Right. Because people who have seizures have it all the time. And especially in places like the United States where getting the ambulance called on you, that's going to cost you a lot of money mm-hmm. and you don't need it. But a, a five-minute seizure, would, if you're watching it, yeah. would feel like it was going on yeah. for days. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Bleh. One seizure occurs, of course, you're spending like two minutes trying to get your- The your, clock app? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my cell phone froze. I got to restart it. Yeah. That's why you wear a watch. Dun, dun, dun. That's why, that's why doctors wear watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell everybody to stay- You're yelling at people to stay calm. You're, you know- Hurting them like a kitten. Or a baby. Or a baby. Or a baby kitten. Mm-hmm. Call for emergency help if one seizure occurs right after another without the person regaining consciousness or coming to between seizures. Mm-hmm. Oh. If seizures occur closer together than usual for that person. This is information you'd have to have before yeah, the seizure. You'd be have to be them, familiar yeah. with this person. Breathing becomes difficult. Or, or you person... could just ask them. You know, in the middle During of the seizure. seizure? seizure? If this, is this is like, uh, is this have normal? You one already? Yeah. Breathing Breathing becomes difficult, or the person appears to be choking. Mm-hmm. The seizure occurs in water. Or fire. Or fire. Or right. earth. Or, uh, if you're digging. Or, or air. No, it's most likely to... Air is fine. Air is yeah. fine, unless, no, no, unless it happens... Seizures occurring in air ought to be encouraged. Uh, unless, unless it happens while you're parachuting. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear God. Injury may have occurred. Call medical help if injury may have occurred, uh, as, yeah. as per normal. Yeah. yeah. Or if the person asks for medical help. Yeah, if they say so. No, no. <laughs> yeah, are you going to argue with You only had a three-minute seizure. For... Yeah. Be sensitive and supportive and ask others to do the same. Seizures can be frightening for the person having one as well as for others. Yeah. People may feel embarrassed or confused about what happened. Keep this in mind as the person wakes up, recovers. Reassure the person they are safe, if it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, or... my God, you're up. We got to run. Run. <laughs> <laughs> you're perfectly safe, but you should open your parachute right now. Yeah. yeah. You're perfectly safe. Except for that great white that is opening small right behind <laughs> right. you. Once they are alert and able to communicate, tell them what happened in very simple terms. 
Mm-hmm. Offer to stay with the person until they are ready to go back to normal activity or call someone to stay with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yell at them to stay calm. Yes. Yell mm-hmm. them very loudly close to the air. Yeah. Stay calm. <laughs> so to sum that up, <clears throat> yeah. just let it happen. Yeah. Ride it out. And if it's longer than five minutes, call 911. Or, or something else bad happens. Yeah. That was, that was much more succinct than your version there, Torin. I'm sorry. I mean, he's much better at this no, than I'm, you are. I I'm sorry. I, I'm the one who... who mm put that there but to me it's very important because uh in reading through a lot of these uh news stories about epilepsy the way that people react to the seizures can be basically worse than the seizures in a lot right. of cases right? right because like i said you'll, you'll get the the ambulance called on you because you're having a seizure that only lasts like 30 seconds or something like that yep. uh and they're not gonna let you go there's always some idiot that says put a wallet in his mouth yeah yeah exactly or hold him down hold him down he's gonna hurt himself and all of a sudden you're breaking bones you know the one good thing about putting wallets in his mouth free wallet for the yep. epileptic. Yep. Right? Oh, I don't want that back. It's got your teeth marks come, all over. Yeah, Come exactly. to and pretend you can't get it out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They go to grab it and you're like, I'm seizing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you swallowed my credit card. <laughs> Let me know when you poop that out. Yeah, I'll pass that in a couple of days. Mm. Epilepsy in the history. <laughs> The world's oldest description of an epileptic seizure comes from a text in Akkadian, the language used in ancient Mesopotamia. Oh, not okay. from Eastern Canada. Mesopotamia. <laughs> or not from Arcadian, you know, uh, where you talk in Frogger and Galaga. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was written about 2000 BCE. The person described in the text was diagnosed as being under the influence of a moon god. Ooh. Ooh. And underwent an exorcism. Conshu. Ah. I bet that. I bet that didn't turn out well. Did not. Well, unless the exorcism was to yell at everybody to stay calm, keep them away from sharp corners. Yes. You know, just ride it out. And traffic. Yeah. If that's the the style of exorcism that they had, well, then that would have worked nicely. Yeah. This, here's an exorcism. Wear this helmet. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Epileptic seizures are listed in the Code of Hammurabi, which is around 1790 BCE, as a reason for which a purchased slave may be returned for a refund. Oh, oh of course. You're an epileptic. Mm-hmm. It also restricts people with epilepsy from marrying or voting. Oh. Right. Yeah. Now, hold on a mm. second. Voting. What if you bought them as a sex slave? And maybe epilepsy might be. Oh, and you want the seizure? Maybe. I don't think you've seen yeah. many videos of seizures. Maybe. I, you know, it's probably somebody's fetish. Somebody, it probably is somebody's Somebody's fetish. kink. Well, then you wouldn't ask to return it. Mm, I, it's not so. like, it, I don't think it says you have to. So if you're selling an epileptic, just sell them as a feature. That's you right. Know? Like when bug, you go to buy a car, right, you, you always get that one feature that you lumped in with the ones that you want. You want air con, but they make you take the sunroof too. And you're like, I don't care about a sunroof. I just want AC. You can't have one without the other, right? These are things this, I didn't know. This, yeah. this could be an additional feature. For uh, for your sex life. The two people who don't buy cars are just yeah, looking at just you blankly. Uh, just don't try and hide it. It's either HBO and the shopping channel mm. or basic cable. That's, That's right. It. Exactly. Yeah. Boop. That's what I'm saying. The oldest known detailed record of the disorder itself is in the Sakiku, a Babylonian cuneiform medical text from 1067 to 1046 Ooh. BCE. This text gives signs and symptoms, details treatment and likely outcomes, and describes many features of the different seizure types. Uh-huh. However, as the Babylonians had no biomedical understanding of the nature of the disease, they attributed the seizures to possession by evil spirits right. and called for treating the condition through spiritual means. Sure. Ah, so, no, but not a moon god this time. 
I don't know if they said moon god or not. No. Uh, however, the Greeks did. Uh, epilepsy appears within Greek mythology. It's associated with the moon goddess Selene and Artemis, who afflicted those who upset them. Oh, why go. moon gods? Why did they? Th- why was epilepsy always associated with moon uh, gods? Maybe all the werewolves also had epilepsy. Ah, um, that's right. That's uh, no you. You have uh, um, lycanthro epilepsy. Mm. That's the one. <laughs> The notable exception in Greece to this divine and spiritual view was the was that of the school of Hippocrates. In the 5th century BC, Hippocrates rejected the idea that the disease was caused by spirits. In his landmark work, On the Sacred Disease, Ooh. he proposed that epilepsy was not divine in origin and instead was a medically treatable problem originating in the brain. What a jerk. What a hypocrite. <laughs> He accused those of attributing a sacred cause to the disease of spreading ignorance through belief in superstitious magic. Uh-huh. Hippocrates proposed that heredity was important as a cause, described worse outcomes if the disease presented in, at an early age, and made note of the physical characteristics as well as the social shame associated with okay, it. Oh. This guy was really good at science. How come he didn't get burned as a heretic? Well, was anybody who was that good at science back in those days was usually he's, like... You he's know, lucky he was Greek. Yeah. He's he Well... He's right, but he also thought it was because of a buildup of phlegm in the brain that was blocking the airflow into the brain. Right. So, well, closer than he but was. Back in the brain is a radiator. He was yeah, a lot yeah. closer to the mark than Moon God. Like, right. if if bullseye <laughs> yeah. is what we know now right, about right. epilepsy, then Hippocrates was yeah. like he got a nice twenty. Yeah, he got that. Yeah, he exactly. get the triple or the double, but there's a twenty. That's yeah, worth points. He got a solid twenty. Yep. Uh, instead of referring to it as the sacred disease, he used the term great disease, mm. giving rise to the modern term grand mal, which is used for generalized seizures. Yeah. Mm. Big sick. Big the sick. big sick. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Despite his work detailing the physical origins of the disease, his view was not accepted at the time. Evil spirits continued to be blamed until at least the 17th century. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give Hippocrates. I'm going to give him a triple 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But Come on, guys. Like 17th century. What's that? Like. 2,700 years later? Yeah. Jeez. A, yeah. Little, 500, so. a little ahead of your time. Yeah. Yeah. A little ahead of your time. In ancient Rome, epilepsy was known as the Morbus Comitialis, disease of the assembly hall, oh. and was seen as a curse from the gods. What was happening in that assembly hall? I'm about to say. In the Christian Bible, Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29, details a father bringing a son with epilepsy to Jesus to be healed. Oh, read this in your Jesus God voice. Mm. Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Mm. Uh, Jesus then drives out a screaming demon, and the boy is healed. Uh, For the next yeah. six weeks. Mm. Probably, yeah. <laughs> He's healed until the next seizure. Uh, or possession. <clears throat> as late as the 18th century, epilepsy was still believed to be infectious. Oh. Uh, for the record, it's oh. not. Okay. Yeah. At all. Can't catch epilepsy. Right. In the mid-1800s, mm-hmm. the first effective anti-seizure medication, bromide, was introduced. The mm-hmm. first modern treatment, phenobarbital, was developed in 1912, with phenytoin coming into use in 1938. So the first one was invented by frat brothers. The bromide. Bromide. Yeah. What is bromide? It's bromide. But what is it really? Some kind of a chemical? Yeah, it's a pharmaceutical. It's in pill form. I think it's just bromine ion, some sort of bromine it's salt in any- water. Anything with a bromine atom with an ionic charge, yeah. Okay. So um, we ain't using it so much these days. Oh, it's probably potassium bromide. I will begrudgingly accept that answer. Okay. Wow. Begrudging. Yeah. It's talking about potassium bromide frequently used as a sedative in the 19th and early 20th centuries. So it really was, it wasn't really a cure for the seizure. Just like take it down a notch. 
So the treatment with epilepsy is there are several different types of anti-seizure medication, yeah. and all they can really do is try trial and error of each of them. Mm-hmm. And just they go, take these, and if you have a seizure, we'll try something else. Got it. And hopefully they find a thing where you take it and you don't have seizures for a long time. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing is 100% in this. It's still a big problem. I like science, but I also like exact science. We're working on it. Mm-hmm. We're working on it. Mm-hmm. Rob, do you want to talk more about epileptic treatment here? Sure. There's two phases to seizure treatment. First is acutely arresting the seizure as it's happening. And hey, that... halt! Halt! Throw your hands up. Shake on the ground. Or arresting Kevin uh-huh. as he's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> and generally that's accomplished with uh, benzodiazepines, so medications like Ativan or uh, Valium which can be administered intravenously or intramuscularly uh-huh. to bring about an immediate cessation of epileptiform activity. Mm-hmm. And but when, when do you administer that? During uh, the seizure. During oh, the seizure, okay. yeah. Oh, but aren't you, supposed kinda... to, aren't you supposed to not put things in people's mouths when they're seizing? Well, put it we in don't your put arm. it in your mouth. Yeah, oh. it, it, we put it, it in your vein. It was intramuscular, intravascular. Yeah, oh, intramuscular, intravascular. Yeah, but that's also, that's kind of dicey though. I mean, uh, if you're having like a grand mal seizure or whatever, that's not going to be easy to put into your intravascular no but it's also not easy to hit your head on the corner of a metal bed if you're having a seizure and bleed mm-hmm. to death uh, okay. so we don't we generally want to stop seizure activity if we have the ability to do so okay okay so it's a bit different in a hospital than in a first aid type situation oh, okay mm-hmm. that makes so, sense so the second phase of seizure treatment is medication to prevent seizures and that's where medications like uh, well phenobar which isn't used so much these days or phenytoin or dilantin um, these are medications that essentially keep your brain sort of running at a, kind of a lower RPM. Uh, now, if I'm an epileptic, yeah. what's my, uh, how often am I taking these? Daily. Daily. Yeah. Right. To, to maintain a certain blood level. Okay. Yeah. And if you, because for instance, I mean, if you, it, it's kind of a big deal if you have epilepsy, right? You know, we take away your driver's license. There's mm-hmm. lots of jobs you can't do anymore. Mm. Uh, you can't fly airplanes. Um, so... We um, want to make sure that there's a, a very long seizure-free interval on medication, and then you can potentially get your license back. Okay. Things like that. Your okay. astronaut license. Astronauts have licenses? I assume so. <laughs> Are you saying there's unlicensed astronauts up there? I don't That know. guy in the red nose was definitely unlicensed. <laughs> Clown control to Major Tom. <laughs> Bowie, this is Bowie. It's really freaky out there. <laughs> And now it's time for Epileptic Dudes and Dames in History. All right. So uh, one of the ones that comes up a lot is Julius Caesar. However, huh. I actually found quite a few articles saying that this is really uh, up for debate. Julius Caesar? More like Julius Caesar. Yeah, yeah. that's the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, historians are divided. Some say he had, ep- had epileptic seizures. Some argue strokes are the more likely explanation for the observed behavior. Roman Emperor Caligula. Mm. Okay. Suetonius states that as a boy, he was troubled with the falling sickness, and while in his youth he had some endurance, yet at times because of sudden faintness, he was hardly able to walk, to stand up, to collect his thoughts, or to hold up his head. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he would often go through periods like that. Sorry, guys, I can't lead you into battle. Yeah. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Just going to stay here and have another orgy. Yeah, that's right. I got to give an honor to my horse one more time. <laughs> Fyodor Mikhailovich Dostoevsky, as mentioned uh, before, the Russian novelist had experienced seizures since he was 18, but after serving hard labor in a Siberian prison camp, they became more frequent and he was diagnosed with epilepsy. Oh, yeah, Dostoevsky, more like Dosty epilepsy. 
On his release, he was forced to serve as a soldier before being discharged on grounds of ill health. Mm-hmm. He incorporated his experience into his novels, creating four different characters with epilepsy. Dostoevsky's epilepsy was unusual in that he claimed to experience an ecstatic aura prior to a seizure, whereas most people experience unpleasant feelings. Oh. So he would actually get excited and see cool things. Well, maybe that probably has something to do with the fact that he was like clinically depressed, so just about anything would be made <laughs> oh, right. happier. Well, he actually so, he described so, it as a, as a euphoric sense of joy and connection with the entire universe and said he would gladly trade 10 years of his life for a few seconds of it. Uh. And he would not trade his disease for any pleasure of the regular world. Oh, of course, wow. he's also a guy that got chased all over Europe because of gambling debts. So <laughs> he, yeah. he, he wasn't up completely above the indulgences <laughs> of the common man. I think it's uh, safe to say Dostoevsky was troubled. You know, mm-hmm. in more ways than one. Well, his dad was murdered when he mm-hmm. was 18, mm-hmm. and he lost his three-year-old son. Uh, oh, so yeah. he, he, he was like a character from one of his own novels. And he yeah. lost his three-year-old son to? A seizure. A seizure. Epilepsy. Ah. Now, uh, the first premier of the Soviet Union, Vladimir Lenin, his final year was characterized by neurological decline and loss of function. In his last few months, he developed epilepsy. His seizures worsened, and he died in status epilepsy. Epilepticus. Ooh, status epilepticus. Which had lasted 50 minutes. Ooh. So he had... Uh, he had a 50-minute seizure and died. So that would definitely not be SUDEP, because that would be SEDEP for sure. Uh, I don't think status... Well, no, it's not sudden either. <laughs> no, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's why SUDEP has the sudden, right? PEDEP. Yeah. He had PEDEP. So yep. what is status epilepticus? That's a seizure that doesn't stop. It's a seizure that lasts longer than your life. Five yeah. minutes, I believe, is what it what it uh, yeah. is defined as. Okay. That, that gets yeah. you a fast trip to the ICU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the epilepsy that never ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you die. It, it got uh, Lennon a fast trip to the ICUSSR. And an, well, and a lovely glass box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Laughlin was the superintendent of the American Eugenics Record Office. Ooh. Yeah. What a nice man. I know. From its inception in 1910 to its closing in 1939, Mm -hmm. you can possibly guess why it closed in 1939, and was among the most active individuals in influencing American eugenics policy, especially compulsory sterilization legalization. Fantastic. Uh Yeah. And uh, a big fan of Hitler and the rise of Nazism he, and the model society they were trying to create. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Laughlin drafted a model law for compulsory sterilization intended to satisfy the difficulties of previous laws and published the proposal in his 1922 study of American sterilization policy, Eugenical Sterilization in the United States. Oh, my God. It included as subjects for eugenic sterilization, the feeble-minded, the insane, criminals, epileptics, alcoholics, blind persons, deaf persons, deformed persons, and indigent persons. Oh. What's an indigent person? That's a bum. That's a hobo. Okay. <laughs> Homeless. That's a t- terrible medical condition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's real scientific. Here's what I want to know. He's the uh, superintendent of the uh, eugenics record office. Mm-hmm. What's on a eugenics record? You know, like uh, Beatles? Uh, eugenics record would... Uh, what would the soundtrack of eugenics be? Certainly, it's certainly not. Can it why be, can't we be friends? Oh no, why can't we be friends? Is on there. It would be sung by tall, muscular, blonde, blue-eyed surfers. Mm. Uh huh. Is it the Jacksonian March? <laughs> the Jacksonian March Five. Yeah. <laughs> Eighteen states passed laws based on Laughlin's model, including Virginia in 1924. Oh, why pick on Virginia? <laughs> and and by Alberta. the way. Oh. oh, yeah, there was nice. eugenics in, uh, yeah, there was eugenic sterilization in Canada, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, always that, the most that was, progressive yeah, they of were, the Canadian they were states. S- sterilizing um, uh, mental patients and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Until the 70s. Mm-hmm. 
And a little bit of note about this uh, terrible person calling for epileptics to be uh, sterilized. sterilized. He had epilepsy and died childless. Did he sterilize himself? Well, he died childless. I did find that out. All right, okay. So I don't know if that was by choice or if he was just an asshole that nobody wanted to sleep with. (laughs) Yeah, but maybe uh, he stuck to his guns, right? Uh, Maybe. Maybe he's like, look, I'm not going to have kids. Maybe he might have sterilized himself. Uh, We we don't know. So maybe he just behaviorally sterilized himself. Well, yeah, perhaps. Here. I mean, just hearing about this guy for five seconds makes you want to kick him in the nuts. Yeah. So maybe it just was like came in the natural course of things. Oh, maybe he was a dick. Somebody kicked him in the nuts and he was like, that's it. Everybody's going to have to have this happen. Yeah. Florence Griffith Joyner, Flojo. Flojo? Yeah. Oh. Considered the fastest woman of all time, died in her sleep of a grand mal seizure caused by a oh, cavernous no. hemangioma. That is a tumor created by a collection of dilated blood vessels in September of 1998 at the age of only 38. I knew, uh, yeah, she was very young when she died, for yeah. sure. Flojo, I never heard of this person. Oh, you never heard of, did you never watch the Olympics in the 80s? No. Oh, okay, well, there, there's your problem right there. She is had a problem, though. She had, she was very uh, flashy. Oh. Like yeah, yeah. lots of crazy hairdos and... Uh, She's the one with the crazy nails too, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she the one with the nails. Super long, crazy nails. Oh, oh, it helps her run. It cuts through the air. Yeah, right. Yeah, just slices. She designed. could run her ass off. Yeah, fastest woman of all time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Flojo. Then though, Senshi Porygon, translated as Cyber Soldier Porygon. Okay. Although more commonly, Electric Soldier Porygon. Uh-huh. is the 38th episode of the Pokemon anime's first season. Okay. Its only broadcast was in Japan on December 16th, 1997. Its only broadcast? That was yeah. the only time it was ever broadcast? The only time it was ever broadcast. Okay. In the episode, Ash and his friends find at the local Pokemon Center that there's something wrong with the Pokeball transmitting device. Okay. Everyone's familiar with it. Uh, I am not, but I'm rolling with it. To find out what is wrong, they must go inside the machine. Okay. 20 minutes into the episode, there's a scene in which Pikachu... Stops vaccine missiles. What? Because Pikachu is anti-vax, as everyone knows. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think what it is is anti-vaccine missile. Pikachu, <laughs> Pikachu was caught by Jenny McCarthy. I get it. Uh, stops the missiles with uh, his thunderbolt attack, uh-huh. resulting in a huge explosion that flashes red and blue lights. Although there were similar parts in the episode with red and blue flashes, two anime techniques, Paka Paka and Flash. Uh, made this scene extremely intense. These flashes were bright strobe lights with blinks at a rate of about 12 hertz for approximately six seconds. Okay. At this point, viewers started to complain of blurred vision, headaches, dizziness, and nausea. (laughs) Some experienced seizures, blindness, convulsions, and loss of consciousness. Uh, Seizures and convulsions? Yes, together. Uh Japan's Fire Defense Agency reported that a total of 685 viewers, 310 boys, and 375 girls. Wow, so right down the middle. Pretty much, yeah. It doesn't, uh, you know, didn't discriminate on lines of gender. Were taken to hospitals by ambulances. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Although many victims recovered during the ambulance trip, more than 150 of them were admitted to hospitals. Two remained hospitalized for more than two weeks. Some other wow. people had seizures when parts of the scene were rebroadcast during news reports <laughs> about the seizures. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Classic. <laughs> wow, that's just good journalism right there. Well, we got to show the, the thing that we're talking a, about. The public has a right to know. <laughs> nice. Only a small fraction of the 685 children treated were diagnosed with photosensitive epilepsy. This phenomenon was later called Pokemon shock. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is which is appropriate because he's got electrical powers. I was about to say they should have created a new character, Pokemon <laughs> Shock. Pokemon Shock. Yeah. What really happened was the Thunderbolt attack against the vaccine missiles failed, and all those children got autism. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's, that's right. Happened. Scientists believe that the flashing lights triggered photosensitive seizures, in which visual stimuli such as flashing lights can cause altered consciousness. Mm-hmm. Although approximately one in four thousand people are susceptible to these types of seizures, the number of people affected by this Pokemon episode was unprecedented. <laughs> The Simpsons, South Park, and Drawn Together have all referenced this in their own episodes. This seems like this yeah, is like I do remember that Simpsons mm-hmm. episode. It's pretty funny. In you know, it was super villainy. This seems there's always that story where they take oh. over the airwaves and they hypnotize people through <laughs> yes. the TV or whatever. Yes, this that, seems like a real life version of that. Yeah, right? except a he's like, bit. ah, my numbers are too low. Except it was accidental. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> uh-huh. It was only children. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> well, there are How future. can I conquer a society with children? <laughs> I didn't want them to seize. I wanted them to obey me. <laughs> That's trial and error. Would you rather have flight or invisibility? Or would you rather be a brave blind man with the power to see? Would you rather be able to rapidly change your size? Or would you rather be able to squirt blood out of your eyes? That would be the worst superpower ever. The worst superpower ever. That would be the worst superpower ever. Would you rather stop time or never need to breathe? Or would you rather have your one weakness be a really common thing? What if you were lactose intolerant but could make things taste like cheese? Or if you had the power to induce a slight fatigue, that would be the worst superpower ever. The worst superpower ever That would be the worst superpower ever Would you rather have an extra hand Or run real fast and far? Or would you rather be a really rich dude With a super awesome car? Would you rather have the power to create an invisible chair? Or the ability to always predict what someone else will wear? That would be the worst superpower ever. The worst superpower ever. That would be the worst superpower ever. In the news... November 2014. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of wishing I could show you guys this while I'm reading it out, but I can't. Christopher Jones, 22 of Perth, Australia, was far enough in his accelerated freefall skydiving course that he uh-huh. could jump with his instructor near rather than strap tandem to him. Right. Okay. That, that's kind of how right? it works, right? So, yeah. First you start, you, you're strapped to a person who knows what they're doing. So then you can't screw it up, and you, then they let you, like, detach? You mean if I go skydiving, I have to do it twice? 
Well, no, you do. You got to do it a bunch of times. Oh. You only have no. to do it once if you screw it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. But no, you get to skydive. You just get to skydive strapped to somebody's chest. Halfway through a training dive, his instructor signaled him to try a left turn. Jones began the maneuver. Is it called port? I'm not sure. <laughs> Starboard. <laughs> I don't think they use any words when they're out there because mm-hmm. shouting at what? Point. Yeah, yeah, that is actually what happens. Uh, Jones began the maneuver, but then rolled onto his back and spun out of control in an epileptic seizure. Oh. So you guys can watch this now. All right. Here he is. Uh, obviously, uh, wanted to do this. He's smiling, but gripping really tight. He jumps out, and the uh, instructor follows him with the uh, head-mounted camera, so we get uh-huh. to watch all of this. Yeah, well, you, know, you uh, if you're going to skydive, you got to do it with a head-mounted camera. Terror brought to you by GoPro. So here we go. He's told him to do a left turn, and he's done okay with it. And now yeah. he's kind of going to the right. You can see him give him some hand instructions, and now. Oh, yeah, he looks out of control. Now he is upside down, flailing, uh, twitching, yeah. and seizing mm-hmm. while about oh, 10,000 feet in the he air. He actually just hit his instructor. He his instructor quite... is trying to get to him, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can just see this guy, not at all conscious, falling. How long does it take uh, to fall to? Less than two minutes? Is it less than two minutes to uh, fall 10,000 feet? Oh, that's a good question. Because, uh, you know, maybe sure. he would... Uh, oh, but then there's the 30 so, minutes of disorientation that uh, yeah, that was Yeah, that would be bad. You definitely are not going to fall 30 minutes. Right. No. It would take a while. It would take a lot to fall for 30 yep. straight minutes. Instructor Sheldon McFarlane, who was wearing a helmet camera, struggled to catch up with Jones. He finally managed to grab him at about 4,000 feet and pull his ripcord. Mm-hmm. Jones regained consciousness at 3,000 feet and managed to land safely. Oh, good. Yeah. McFarlane wasn't concerned. There were two AADs, automatic activation devices, so his parachute would have deployed automatically after it reached a certain uh, height. Okay. But I didn't know that watching that video the first time, and it is terrifying to think of being unconscious and falling from, like, miles up. Yeah, well, Ooh, call we, back to our falling know. episode. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. And not only that, you you kind of go skydiving for the experience, and he's not going to remember it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? It's like, I just paid, like, 500 bucks for this so that I could, like, wake up, like, oh, I'm a thousand feet up. Right? You know, that, with that, that would almost, deployed. that would, that's a one of a life, once in a lifetime experience, jumping out of a plane, and all of a sudden you wake up and you're, like, a 2,000 feet down further. But what about well, you the hope dis- it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. I mean, what about the disorientation, right? You got to be like, where am I? What's going on? I thought I was on the bus. That's the worst part, right? Can I get my money back? I don't remember any of this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess that's what you probably signed a waiver. Yeah. Jones, of course, described it as possibly the scariest moment of my life. Uh, he said that skydiving was a substitute for his dream of becoming a pilot. Right. Because he can't, be he can't because of his epilepsy. His doctor had cleared him to jump. All right. Yeah. Well, but he hadn't had more. a seizure in four years, He right? had been seizure-free for four years and was not intended to pursue a skydiving career. He just wanted to skydive. Right, right. But, I, you know, skydiving can cause extreme reactions in people, I guess? Yep. Emo- mm-hmm. Yeah. Extreme, strong emotions, emotions can be a, a trigger. Yeah. Right. yeah. Nice. Or not so nice. Yolo County, California. Yolo. April 2015. It sounds like a made-up county. <laughs> It's just a bunch of douchebags. Well, they, they take Yolo a lot of County. risks. Everyone who's moved to Yolo County in like the last three years is just a total tool, right? They all just, you know. It's not a made-up county. <laughs> uh, Armando Arias Gonzalez Jr. took medication to control his epilepsy but continued to suffer occasional seizures. His neurologist, Dr. Eric Hasid, noted that many of the seizures seemed to be triggered by stress. Mm-hmm. On February 1st, 2014, Gonzalez reportedly left work 
early after complaining of a headache and a stomach ache, but not before coworkers observed him blank out for mm-hmm. roughly 15 minutes, during which know. he did not respond to conversation or other stimulation. That is longer than that five-minute cutoff point that we've given yeah. uh, in our public service announcement. Well, now, if you blank out from a seizure, could it be that you have like a five-minute seizure and then the rest of the seizure you're just asleep? Questions like that, the only way you'd really know would be to have somebody wired to an EEG, which is actually something that is done to try and establish or characterize seizure disorders. We'll have somebody in a bed overnight being videotaped with an, with EEG leads all over them, and they might be mm-hmm. in this sort of seizure suite for right. uh, well, 48 or 72 hours oh, trying, wow. to, trying to catch seizure activity. Well, the easier way to go about doing it is plug them into the EEG and then fire off that Pokemon episode. Yeah. That's like, uh, let's keep a research dollar spent wisely here. Uh, as he drove home, Gonzalez, who also had not slept well the night before, closed his eyes for two to three minutes. Mm, that seems Was unwise. It- <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was at that point that Gonzalez's Toyota Corolla rear-ended 85-year-old Ruth Darlene Morales' Chevy Impala at an estimated 70-plus miles per hour, causing it to spin around, shear off a metal light pole at its base, and strike a tree with enough force to push the driver's side of the car into the center console. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty amazed that he closed his eyes for two to three minutes, and it took that long to, to hit somebody. hit something, yeah. Highway's nice and straight, I guess. I guess. Gonzalez's vehicle then continued forward, rear-ending another car occupied by a mother and her daughter. It took emergency personnel 20 minutes to extricate Morales from the wreckage. She died a short time later of blunt force and internal injuries. Mm. She had been in Davis that day to visit her longtime husband, Rudy, who was placed in a local skilled nursing facility with advanced dementia just three days before the crash. Mm. Darlene Morales had pledged to visit her husband every day, her family said. Well, she visited him three days. Yeah. Her husband's condition swiftly declined after those visits came to a halt. Each day he would ask for her until one day he figured it out and just dropped his head. Oh. He passed away two months later. So much fallout from this. Yeah. Oh, this is a yeah. trickle down. It's a terrible, terrible story. Accident. Prosecutors called Gonzalez a threat to public safety, and in April 2015, a Yolo County jury agreed, convicting him of second degree murder, Whoa. as well as gross vehicular manslaughter and perjury. The perjury convictions stem from allegations that Gonzalez falsified DMV forms, withholding or minimizing information about his epilepsy in order mm. to maintain his driver's license. Yeah. He was sentenced to 18 years and eight months in prison. Well, the real moral yeah. of the story here is that Toro- Toyota Corollas must have excellent alignment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because he smashed into the car and then kept going straight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, After and three he, minutes. He closed his eyes for two to three minutes before uh, hitting, rear-ending that car. So, you know, if your road is straight and you're in a Corolla, go you're ahead. Fine. Take a nap. You're and fine. This is brutal. Like, it's not his fault he's got epilepsy. But it is but his fault for saying his, yeah. on his driver's license, yeah, yeah. I don't have epilepsy, yeah. or it's not that bad. Yeah, it's it's really rough. And also, like, if he couldn't drive, how does he get to work, right? He's going to have to... And if he right. takes the bus, he's, if he seizes on the bus, well, I would rather he sees on the bus than driving a car. Well, unless he starts <laughs> driving the bus. Yeah. Well, that's what he starts to do for a living. There then you go. that's even worse. Well, then he went from the frying pan into the fire. Then there's some people to take care of him when he has a seizure. Yeah, but if you're sitting there and he just blanks out and closes his eyes for two to three minutes, people yeah. not, may not realize until he rear-ends right. a little old lady. Yeah, but yeah. they're on a bus, it'll be fine. The bus will be fine. The old yeah. lady won't be. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not that sympathetic to this guy. He's got a, no. he, certainly he's got a condition, and uh, but that's why they have these rules and regulations yeah. about, we've about all got driving. Our, we've all got our stuff we have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, especially when your thing endangers other people, you deal with it. I'm too handsome, right? That's my limitation. 
I have boyish charm, like through the yin yang. You have it's a, a yin blessing. Yang? Yes, I do, and it's all jam packed with boyish charm. July 2015, Rainbow City, Alabama, USA. Michelle Lee Helms says her 16-year-old daughter, who suffers seizures after being hit by a drunk driver, was at a hip-hop concert when the star, Kevin Gates, entered the crowd and prompted a stampede that trampled the girl. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. After Gates joined the audience, the girl was knocked over and had an epileptic seizure. After the crowd backed away, a worker for the venue, quote, unceremoniously dumped the high schooler to the lobby floor where she had a second episode, a lawsuit says. Mm. Helm, her mother, clad in pajamas, had just arrived, had arrived just after her daughter's second convulsion. She was barred from helping her daughter and restrained by police while an event employee put her in a chokehold. Oh. Oh, that seems extreme. That wasn't on the list of how to deal with someone who's having an Yes, no, I, I remember, Torin, you talking about it. I well, don't this remember chokeholds. This, this is the mother in the chokehold. Right. But She's he, trying to get to oh, her convulsing daughter. Oh, okay. Oh, and well, you know what he did? He just, like, replaced your yelling calm down with put on chokehold. I can see the confusion, yelling calm down and putting on chokeholds. So similar. At least eight police officers were apparently at the scene. One six-foot-tall, 200-pound officer allegedly pushed Helm to her knees and held her hands behind her back. The officer told another cop, get her. This is the mother. This is the mother. Helm is the mother. We don't what, do have they the, have, what do they have against her mother? The, the girl is a minor, and we don't have her name. So if right. I say Helm, it's, it's the mother. Yeah. She was upset that her daughter was convulsing and nobody was helping her. Okay. Right. That they were treating her like something. Uh, she was doing something wrong. Probably like mm. she was high. It's probably right. Yeah, thought. yeah. They thought she was high, probably. When the second officer hesitated, the first ordered, do it. And he used the stun gun on the woman. Oh. The taser shock caused a mortified helm to urinate a copious amount of urine onto herself and the floor of the facility. Oh, call back to our urine episode. Oh, there you go. Well, although, you know, in fairness, uh, they are basically just trying to replicate the seizure situation in both the people they're dealing with now. Right? You know, like... It's uh, good for little, goose. It's good for the candy. That's right. Absolutely. It's a family bookend situation. It's like, you know... Helm's daughter attempted to raise her head to check on her mother and was tased in the sternum. Oh, tasing a 16-year-old epileptic. She was allegedly stunned a second time while being restrained by police and event staff. But could that have... Can you ever treat epilepsy with tasers? Well, apparently not. Okay. (laughs) As a matter of fact, the incident caused the girl to suffer a third grand mal seizure and she was rendered unconscious. Okay, there you go. That's the answer to that question. (laughs) As the teen was rushed to hospital... Can you say you're surprised that stun guns (laughs) might induce seizures in epileptics who are having a series of seizures? I was thinking fight fire with fire, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, back to our wildfires episode, you know, you do a burn line, keep it from spreading, (laughs) right? I mean, this could be the, the, like, you know, the the electrical equivalent, the epileptic equivalent of a a burn line. Traditional Chinese medicine, poison against poison. Yeah, there you Mm -hmm. go. Yeah, you want to, like, never get poisoned by arsenic, eat arsenic for breakfast every morning. Epilectricity. As the teen was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance, her mother was carted to the county jail on charges of disorderly conduct. Oh. Well, you can't have somebody wandering around in pajamas smelling like pee. They're like, they look like a homeless person. You gotta, like, take them to the uh, drunk tank. According to the lawsuit, the girl was restrained and gagged in a common area of the hospital while the cops from the venue made jokes about her and to her and about her mother. The police also threatened to have her committed to a mental facility. Well, it sounds like a uh, follow-up for Bad Cops. Yes. <laughs> a Bad Cops episode. <laughs> and yeah, this is like, it's, it's so extreme. It's, it like defies any logic. You, 
I have a cherry for the top of this. Oh, God, there's more? The girl was eventually discharged from the hospital and released to a stranger. Oh, what? I don't have any details on who that was because it was a stranger. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, you want to you you like, you take care of this lady? Yeah. This young lady? It's like we have a 16 year old here. Who would like a 16 year old? Uh, I'll do you a 16 year old. Are there any strangers here today? <laughs> I'm a stranger. There you go. Uh, that's on that's on hospital staff. The cops didn't have anything to do with that. That's well, like bad bad hospital or staff. Or maybe too. they offered, uh, the police can give you a ride home. No, I'm going with this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, probably, that's probably more like it. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> I would rather ride yeah. in the shopping this hobo's shopping cart. <laughs> I can identify with that a, actually. Take a ride with the police. <laughs> Why, yes, I would like to take this 16 year old girl home. Uh-huh. <laughs> September 2015, Liverpool, England. Oh well, I've, hello, Paul. I'm uh, really happy you're here to deliver the news from Liverpool. Anthony Cook left his home in the early hours of Tuesday morning to draw £10 for a husband who needed cash to get to work. Walking home with a cash machine in Liverpool, he suffered one of his regular seizures, which can last several minutes and render him unconscious for up to 30 minutes. Mm. As he lay unconscious and bleeding on the ground, a thief stole the cash he had drawn out, his iPod and his bank card. That's a little bit right? cold. That's, That's pretty cold. You see a guy having a grand mal seizure and you like rifle his pockets. Yeah. That's low. It's terrible. Maybe, maybe you just wanted to make sure nobody put the wallet in his mouth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> keep right. some jackass. From I'm going to keep this very far away from you. Yeah. That's a prevention. Uh, he said, I woke up delirious and walked home for the wrong way because of the fit. Uh, got it. When I checked my pockets, I couldn't believe it and went home first to make sure he hadn't forgotten to bring my things with me. Mm-hmm. I can't believe someone would do that to me <laughs> for some reason. It is. Listen, I mean, if you're, a, you know, a common thief, you're pretty low on the, you know, societal scale to begin with. But this, this is, this is really this is scum. low. This, this is, is scum. This is really, really low. And I mean, literally, you have to get right down on your hands yeah, and knees and roll down over an epileptic to like, because you know. You know, he had three things. They're not all in the same pocket. They're going to be in separate pockets. You would probably have to roll him over oh, maybe. to get into the front pockets for the cash. It would be a lot easier to deal with what happened if someone had knocked me out and then mugged me. But the thing <laughs> that someone came along while I'm laying unconscious on the ground and stolen from me, how can they have the audacity to do that someone so vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anthony, who suffered cuts and lost a tooth when he fell, called police who sent an ambulance to check him over. Still shaking, Anthony says he's now too frightened for his safety to go out. Oh. Police are investigating the incident. But, like, what can they do, right? Yeah, I mean, unless a witness comes forth and says, I saw that guy right with that guy's pockets, you're pretty much out of luck. I had my wallet, and then I don't remember, and then I woke up and it was gone. Somebody stole from me. Uh, we'll get right on that. But doesn't mm-hmm. England have, like, 18 cameras per square inch? Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe not Liverpool. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's probably just the, London. The last bastion of freedom, <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or maybe out of politeness, they turned the camera off when he had his fit. Oh, well, they're, they're, you're like the one time you really are counting on the police state. Yeah. Well, it is a place where you're allowed to swim in liver. So obviously they are liberty first people. So I have a, this isn't a follow-up. Thank this God is much a follow-up. This is much smaller but related, and I want everybody to know, yeah, you're right. That is not the worst thing that could have happened to you when a seizure happens. I don't have a lot of details because they withhold names and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. June 2015, East Sussex, England. Oh, England again. Yeah. A Mm. 24-year-old woman suffered an epileptic seizure, which left her unconscious while she was walking through a public park in the early hours of Thursday morning. What do the English have against epileptics? Like, seriously, it's just free. It's, you know. Yeah. 
It's wide open, free range, not wild, a, wild west on epileptics. They're not anti-epileptic. They're just pro-free stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, once she regained consciousness, she realized she had been sexually assaulted oh. and her iPod was also stolen. Oh. So again, like, there's not much more to this news article except that, hey, this can happen to people with epilepsy when they go unconscious. Right. Nobody else is around. Anybody can do what they want. And some people are terrible. Right. Yeah. That, okay. This person is lower than the last person. We found a new low. Yeah. Let's I stop. thought we were at the bottom echelon. Yeah. Let's stop digging. I have a feeling the bedrock goes <laughs> yeah. a lot further I down. I don't want to go. Maybe there's the story where somebody who's been missing for 50 years <laughs> went missing when they had an epileptic seizure. Maybe. Maybe. No, there's, you know. I, I feel like maybe there's like a group of thieves and 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 uh, sexual assaulters and rapists who who know who the epileptics are and are just following them, maybe. right? That they're like they're just like in their sights, you know. So, oh, they were working with somebody in the like health service. Dun, oh dun, no, it's an episode of Law and Order right there. It is. They get a list of epileptics and they just like, you know they have a gang that keys out their joints for the easy uh, pickings. I think I'm on to something here. Got another one from England. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. September 19th, 2014. Mysteg, England. Stephen Davies was admitted to Princess of Wales Hospital on the day after his 46th birthday with a stomach infection. Mm-hmm. Davies lived with a type of epilepsy known as Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, characterized by frequent seizures. Mm-hmm. He had sustained a skull fracture during a previous seizure and lived in accommodation with 24-hour carers on site. Right. While at hospital, he had a series of seizures, including one where he fell from a chair, landing on his face, causing him to scream in agony. Mm. Be- because of his frequent seizures and a failure to regain consciousness between them, doctors decided it would be safer to sedate him and put him on a life support machine. Oh, man. What? Well, because he kept seizing, right? Like, but, and, but this is and so over like, in a we're just short gonna... period of time rather than a, over a long period of time. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks later, when he was brought out of a coma, it was found that he had become paralyzed from the neck down. Ooh. Happy birthday Ooh. to you. <laughs> he was given a tracheotomy to help with breathing, but developed a chest infection leading to pneumonia. Oh, man. Wow. Davies's tracheotomy was causing intense pain, and he had been given increasing dope doses of morphine, paracetamol, and sedatives. Ugh. Two months later, after consulting his family, a decision was made to remove his tracheotomy. This relieved his pain. However, as expected, he died the following oh, day. Oh, man. All right, from not being able to breathe. Doctors believe his paralysis meant he could not clear the chest infection. Oh. Right, all right. His sister, Christine Davies, told a hearing into the death... When I saw him, I saw the side of his face was heavily swollen. He was screaming that his neck was hurting. No brace was put on his neck. They were more concerned about his seizures. When he woke up, he had no feeling in his arms or legs. He had a body scan, and the consultant said there was nothing further they could do. He was quadriplegic. When asked if, had an MRI scan been undertaken within two hours of the fall, the outcome could have been different, spinal surgeon Iona Collins replied, no. It, the damage, is irreversible. A complete spinal cord injury is irreversible. Hmm. So he so actually totally broke, sucks. He yeah. broke his spine when he fell. Broke his neck when he fell during right. the seizure. But the hospital didn't uh, notice until weeks later. Right, right, right. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Though it sounds like even if they had, uh, there's but nothing even they could have done had, about it. This is just little. rotten, rotten luck. Whoa, duh. I think we hit bedrock. Uh, well, the universe. I mean, that was, yeah. Did get, dealt the worst blow. <laughs> yeah. As it does. So here's a question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did we find out what was the longest recorded seizure? 
Well, we saw Lennon had a 50-minute one before he died. Right. So Yeah. People yeah. have longer seizures and then they die. Like So I guess it's really how long can you last until you die? Mm-hmm. And I was also wondering, what's the maximum amount of seizures you can have per day? Or what is, is the longest recorded or the Be- most recorded amount? Before you beg for death? Uh I don't know, Rob. Uh, there, there are some people who seize con- like almost constantly. Mm-hmm. Like their mm-hmm. lives are basically one, over. A series of seizures, like yeah. or one long one seizure, every, one every minute. Mm-hmm. A new that's that's why they put that uh, that guy into into a forced coma was right. because he just couldn't stop seizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pop culture. Sure enough. Yeah. So I watched the movie Control. I've seen that movie. Two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. It's a dr- dramatized biopic. Dramatized biopic about Ian Curtis, the lead singer of Joy Division, mm-hmm. who suffered from both epilepsy and severe depression. Mm, okay. Uh, this, I really, I kind of expected to kind of watch this and be like, yeah, biopic, it's kind of interesting. Mm. I loved it. I thought it was really it was excellent. Movie. When was it made? Super well done. 2007. Okay. Uh, it seems like it has an excellent representation of what the epilepsy's like. Uh, very early on, he's obviously having an absence seizure while in school, and he doesn't even notice it. It's uh, The teacher's talking about something, asks him a question, and he's just completely spaced out, and everybody just thinks he's a troublesome jerk for mm. not replying. An absence seizure? Because it's seizure. in England. <laughs> yeah, <'cause> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where they have no respect for epileptics, evidently. <laughs> What's uh, Joy Division's famous song? Love. Love will tear us apart again. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, Control is a uh, um, one of their famous songs, too. Also, kind of, of also what he complains that he doesn't have anymore. Right. Like, all, he, he loses control of his body because of his epilepsy. He loses control of his life because his career takes off and he has to do all these, these other things. He doesn't have control over his love life uh, and all of that and his severe depression. I mean, it's no uh, secret he passed away. He uh, took, his, took his own life mm-hmm. at the age of 23. Uh, the rest of Joy Division moved on to become New Order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can you say talented musicians, like they would not no. be stopped. Uh, I like a lot of New Order stuff too. I highly recommend this movie. So I, he, he I, outlived I Sid Vicious by a year or so. Mm-hmm. Was Sid Vicious only 22? I, you know, I think so, but Let's check, we can verify that. Mm-hmm. Sid was pretty young. I thought, was 20, young. I thought 27 was the magic age though. 21. This is a magic age? Oh, uh, I outlived him by two years. Yeah. Uh, in the movie Garden State, Natalie Portman's character is supposed to be continually wearing a helmet in case of an epileptic fit. Oh, yeah. I, I really, really liked Garden State. I liked I that. Me too. more than I was supposed to, I think. Zach. Zach. Galifagun. No. Efron? No. <laughs> Zach. Zacherson? <laughs> so, what's his name? Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah. Galifianakis? No, no, it's not Galifianakis. Galifianakis is the standard comedian with the big beard who was in the Hangover movies. Oh, wait. Yeah. Da. Thanks, Zach, Mike. <laughs> Zach Braff. Yeah, and this was kind of like his, uh, his opus. He, For all the folks uh, at home, the engineer just barged into the studio in rage at our ignorance. <laughs> I knew it until Torin got it wrong, and then my brain just wiped. Yeah, 100%. I, I was just like, problem. yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, it, you know, it was he wrote it and mm-hmm. he starred in it and he like raised the money for it. Oh, and it okay. was, you know, his little like, uh, and he got it, to kiss Natalie Portman, got to kiss Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. It was, it, she was an indie darling and this movie was an indie darling. And, you know, I mean, I was a fan of Natalie Portman before, but, uh, this really cemented it. Mm. You know? Were they in a car that was teetering on a cliff? 
Uh, well, they were in a wrecker's yard and okay. standing on top of a vehicle oh, that was kind of okay. on the edge of a cliff, okay. and they were wearing garbage bags and yelling. Oh, I remember. Okay, that's, yeah. Kim, that's, that's the scene that I remember from this movie. That's it. Well, that that scene, I almost remember from this movie. That scene was in the trailer, too. I mean, it was pretty heavily represented in the film. And uh, I did not watch the trailer. Oh, you just saw the movie, saw and the you movie. don't really recall it. Uh, a relatively positive uh, portrayal of a type of epilepsy is in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, oh, or what? so it's claimed. Oh, that's Snow White when she goes into a com- coma state? Oh, I was going to say, it's one of the dwarves that's shaky. <laughs> it's actually it's... dopey. Oh? Disney's 1937 film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs has a, has a character who displays features strikingly consistent with Angelman syndrome. Angelman? Which hadn't oh. been described by doctors until near, nearly 30 years later. Mm. Angelman syndrome is a neurogenetic disorder characterized by developmental delay, virtual absence of speech, peculiar organization of movement, characteristic facial features, sleep disturbances, seizures, and despite all that, a happy demeanor. Okay. Okay. Dopey, Interesting. Dopey displays occasional myoclonic jerks and tremors and a generalized clonic seizure while he's asleep. Oh. Like most people with Angelman syndrome, Dopey has no speech, although, a uh, little trivia, Mel Blanc was drafted to be his voice when they made the movie. Right. Yet he does show eagerness to communicate. His understanding of speech is rather good, and he manages to express himself by efficient mimic and gesture. He has a wide, smiling mouth and a happy disposition. He enjoys playing jokes and tricks, and he can be overwhelmingly affectionate. The website EpilepsyTalks.com notes that even Mm. though the name Dopey is pejorative and ill-adapted to people with Angelman syndrome, this lovable character could help represent a friendly and positive picture of those with the condition. Well, out of the seven dwarves, probably the one that everybody can name is Dopey. Yeah. Right? Because he's kind of the standout, right? Like, he's not like... Like all the others. He doesn't sneeze. <laughs> and he doesn't dock. That's right. Yeah. Those are the, only, the other two I can remember. And by that, I mean he wasn't a doctor. He likes to uh, perform docking the sexual Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Putting his penis, his Inside stubby little penis, penis with foreskin, yeah. Uh, against other uh, dwarfish. <laughs> Uh, this seems a little bit like retconning, though. Like that, you know. It, yeah. you're, you're, well, they you're hadn't even taking... named it until 1965. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you're you're attributing something that wasn't even you know discovered. But was there a writer who had like a brother? Or and something if you want, he was gonna... if you want pejorative, Angelman disease used to be referred to as happy puppet syndrome. Happy puppet syndrome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was wow. a big PR move right there <laughs> to go from happy puppet to Angelman. Oh, yeah. those 60s doctors. <laughs> Happy puppet syndrome. Lordy. Then again, you know, it used to be common to see doctors like smoking while yeah. pushing the cart on morning rounds. And some, yeah. some old chart carts in hospitals that still have chart carts, I, uh, also known as Canada, yeah. had like the <laughs> ashtrays built, on it? Built in, yeah, built in ashtrays. Oh, built nice. onto the frame. Wow. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Classic. So, you know, it was the era of mad men and mad doctors well now that we, we've called it happy puppet syndrome i mean maybe animal from the muppets had angelman syndrome too he wasn't happy are you always smiling i always see those teeth <laughs> <laughs> did a lot of that yeah exactly uh i got this game saying it's kind of long um but it's also positive uh we can skip it let's we, we had a good the positive mm. well, yeah i know i you know this is cool though uh, it's this girl who uh had seizures and it talks a lot about how she couldn't work basically because she was she was the one who in the states would take the bus to work have a seizure people would freak out call the ambulance she now has thirty thousand dollars in medical debts because oh. of calls like that that she didn't need mm. 
and she couldn't have a job, so she started doing that online Twitch streaming of games. She should have started wearing like a sign around her neck saying, do not call 911. Yeah, Thank you. I know. I'm just, if I seize less than two minutes, don't call the mm. hospital. Is it yeah. ironic that she's also in the Twitch community, though? <laughs> yes. Uh, her name is Mackenzie, and her Twitch name is Mackenzie's. Mm. Oh. Um, uh, too self-deprecating. I, I like that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put this up uh, as bonus, like uh, just in the show notes. Uh, right at the, this is her playing uh, Hearthstone, and this is her having a grand mal seizure while doing the game. This is right at the end of it. You can see she's looking up, and that happened. That happened live while she was streaming. She lived up to her name. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while gouging his eyes out when we couldn't remember somebody's name. This episode's intermission was Worst Superpower Ever by The Double Clicks. Hear more at thedoubleclicks.com. To comment on episodes and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Support us at patreon.com slash causticsoda. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at causticpodcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Joe Fulgham. Thanks for listening. Control to Major Tom Put your floppy clown shoes on Squeak your squeaky nose Until the squeaker's gone
Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. To comment on episodes and for links and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Support the podcast by donating on our site or visit patreon.com slash causticsoda. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Louise. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.